together with our experts, Rosalind Booker, Rhonda Hutchinson, Melanie Williamson, and Chris Ziegler. Here is Building Wealth Together on Heaven 97 KHVN. Well, top well, of the noon hour to you. Top of the noon hour to you, radio listeners. I'm Roz B. Ask Roz B. Thank you for joining us again for Building Wealth Together Back to the Basics. We're empowering lives through building legacies and wealth through what? Credit, real estate. Got to have some money, y'all, or get a loan, right? And insurance. You got to protect those assets. This series, this month, we are talking about real estate investing and legacy wealth building. I tell you, it's really, really popular. The phone has been ringing off the hook. They've really enjoyed our panel speakers. And today we have a couple of great, awesome team members that have joined us, our guest speakers. We will get to introduce them. Today we're going to be talking about funding funding real estate investments, building wealth together. If you are joining us for the first time, what is it all about? Well, first of all, you're going to meet us here every first, second, third, and fourth Saturdays of the month. We call it an hour of power, high noon. We are creating a foundation and the pillars that are needed for wealth building. Yes, yes, yes. We're an education and information platform. And we know that we're reaching our local community. We know that hands down because this KHVN family has been here for years. But what is even most heartwarming to know is that we're reaching other regions, other states, cities, globally. Why? Because the digital technology allows you to download the app right now. Yeah, download the app if you need to be mobile Download the app and you can listen there. Also, you can go to the website for KHVN and you can listen live. We are also on Facebook. So if you haven't joined or liked the page, go to Facebook right now. You can see this beautiful team here. Man, man, man. God didn't make no junk, y'all. God did not make no junk. I wish you, I wish you could see what I can see. Oh my, 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 my. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'm gonna get back on topic, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go ahead and hop on over to Face uh, on Facebook, Building Wealth Together Radio. Building Wealth Together Radio. Like the page, follow us, engage with us with your questions, all right? Go to our website, Building Wealth Together, the letter B, the number two, the letter B.com. That's Building Wealth Together, B2B.com. We got a lot of phone numbers to give out, but today we're going to give you one. You can reach the BWT team at 469-795-1708. 469-795-1708. Now, if you want to call the station with your questions, if you have questions for us or any of the panel, uh, guest speakers today, you can dial 972-996-3969. Uh, That's 972-996-3970. So without further ado, let's get some introductions going. I'm your host, Roz B. As Roz B. My birth name is Rosalind Booker. So I'm the principal broker, CEO of Arbrook Realty. We're a full service real estate company. We're birthing dreams and building legacies. And you know, our mantra today and going forward is we're helping people reclaim, restore, rebuild. Reclaim, restore, rebuild. And I'm gonna punt it to Miss Melly Mel, Melanie Michelle, Eminem, baby dog. Come on, girl, talk to us. Roz, I have to follow you every week. <laughs> I tell you, and I, I just expect you put this smile on my face every every week. And I just, I'm glad to be here with this amazing team. This has been an amazing journey for the month. And I've learned a, quite a bit on the investing. So I come from the credit industry. So I work for a company, White Jacobson Associates. And we're an attorney-based consumer credit organization and we audit for accuracy so my whole hope 
to be backed by an amazing company like this is to be able to do community with you guys and be out here on this platform and work with women and their families, just locking arms to just build a stronger foundation. So I'm so glad to be here to build, understand, maintain, protect credit. So glad to be here, Melanie. Michelle, Melanie Williamson. Aranda's a lion, a lion. Come on now. Chris, where you at? Well, you're roaring, Chris. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Was that Bill? Was that a puppy or something? Yeah, that, that was a kitty cat. He don't want to roar today. He ain't gonna roar today. Have to work on your roar on, on offline. Come on, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I have a high, uh, happy Saturday, twelve noon to I have a ninety-seven listeners. Glad to be here again on today, sharing with you in our investment part three series. I'm excited. I am a loan officer, a residential loan officer with PRMG, Paramount Residential Mortgage Group. And I am, again, I'm excited to be here with my team on today. All right, put your big stick up, uh, Chris, your paddle, <laughs> because the principal is here keeping us all together. Uh, none other than Zig, y'all. Yes, my name is Chris Ziegler. I'm with the Ziegler Agency Allstate. I'm an agency owner here in Frisco, Texas. I service the whole state of Texas, and my goal is to make sure I protect you and your assets on all levels, from your life insurance to your home, your auto, if you have commercial business insurance, and even your uh, your supplemental stuff like supplemental insurance for your health and also your long-term care. So I cover a lot more things than that. So I'm Chris Ziegler with the Ziegler Agency, and I'm just looking forward today to hearing from the panel. And people have been saying, Chris, you be saying, answer some awesome questions every week. And the reason I'm asking those questions, those are questions I have for myself personally, because I've learned so much. I thought I had everything airtight until I heard some of the panelists speak. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, we got some work to do. And some people I know who have businesses as well, and told me the same thing. They've been listening and learned a lot. And hey, when you think you got it together, you might not necessarily have it all together. That's right. <laughs> right, that's, that's right. But you know what? With all of us together, we can know a whole lot, you know? Exactly. So Without further ado, we're going to introduce our guests real quick. And before we get into our uh, presentation and questions and answers, we're gonna have uh, Chris pray us out. But Chris, why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce Mr. Jesse Jackson. Well, first and foremost, Jesse Jackson is my brother in Christ, first and foremost, personal friend, customer, and then a fraternity brother too. He's a member of the illustrious Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated like myself, and he's a VP of uh, commercial banking, executive VP of commercial banking at Texas Capital Bank. And I'm not going to say too much, let Jesse kind of tell you a little bit about him and some other things he's doing as well. All right. Jesse, you're muted. You're muted, Mr. Jesse. He's coming, but while he's getting unmuted, I'd like okay. to introduce. Oh, okay, hold on. I'm unmuted. I apologize for that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so, um, so I am Jesse. Jesse Jackson, um, as Chris indicated, I am the executive vice president and head of the commercial banking practice at Texas Capital Bank. We are a, I guess, approximately about 40 billion in size, uh, headquartered in Dallas, Texas, with a, with a footprint um, that spans the entire U.S. Uh, in terms of the verticals that we run. Uh, the team that I run is, is primarily here in Dallas. We, we, we're the fastest growing organically grown bank in the history of community banking, believe it or not, we're based right here in Dallas. And we have a, a, a specific focus on, um, on working with larger companies to some degree, but we've got specialized verticals where we spend a lot of time uh, working with small business owners, and we have a fantastic community development arm and a CDC where we are focused on investments that we're making in the community. And so I get a chance to work uh, in all those areas, um, I specifically focus on financial literacy initiatives, really empowering people to save and budget and prepare for home ownership, funding their kids' educations and things like that. But in addition, I also run kind of a separate uh, vertical at our company that is specifically geared toward uh, helping to build strategic partnerships with minority deposit institutions. And when I say that, um, we're talking specifically about women-owned banks, African-American-owned banks, Asian-owned banks, Hispanic-owned banks, Native American-owned banks. You know, we really have broadened our reach and I'm, ex I'm excited about the program because 
especially in, in, in the climate today, we, we've got to do more with supporting our black banks and we've got to do more in terms of helping them uh, be collaborative with our communities to, uh, to fuel economic empowerment in those communities. And it's going to take each and every one of us to do that. So thank you for having me this morning. Um, I'm extremely passionate. I think, I think God has certainly uh, placed me in this role to, to be a leader in this field and I hope we can walk away with lessons learned today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Mary. Very welcome. Thank you so much. And now, as we roll out the red carpet for Miss Farrah Fellows, um, I met her recently online. Let me tell you some of the most prominent, best relationships I have made with first meeting a person online. And what I loved about Farrell is not only, well, she's beautiful, of course, but I love what she is doing in her communities. I've watched some of her videos. I mean, the simplicity, the simplicity of investing. I mean, she takes it from an ABC standpoint and she makes it seem realistic that it's achievable. So I like what she's done uh, up until this point in her life. Uh, and I know she is moving fast and furious in the development industry um, and has some knowledge on creative ways to fund some deals. Uh, I just want the world to hear, our, our listening uh, world to hear from Farrell today. So Farrell, you can do a lot better job. Tell us about yourself. Thank you, Rosalind. Uh, I am so excited to be here and to share with the listeners about how to invest in finance, real estate projects. Um, I own a company called Kingdom Legacy, and our mission is to transform communities one property at a time. And really, the Lord showed me a vision of building his kingdom and building our legacy at the same time. And if we're kingdom focused, there's no limit to what we can build as a community. Um, I have the background in corporate America, in corporate finance, accounting, and as a uh, negotiator of corporate assets for multi-billion dollar companies. And, and the Lord allowed me to have that experience so that I could take it and bring it back to my community and use it to educate um, and to really increase the mindset and the perspectives of of just how big we can build. Um, I'm excited about uh, teaching real estate, which is really what I focus on. I work with uh, primarily new buyers and new investors. And I take them from a position of having very little understanding in the real estate market and in investing. And I teach them the basics to help build hope in the possibility that you can literally go from knowing nothing about real estate and within a short amount of time, be able to get to the position where you can own your community. That's awesome. That is amazing. And that's what it's all about. And that word together, 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 that is exponential, you know, and that's where we build momentum. Um, and, you know, I just want to share with the radio listeners, you know, one of the words that God gave me as we signed on today was thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, it, on earth as it is in heaven. So we're bringing heaven to earth today. And here's how, because we're releasing heaven that's inside of us. And when I say releasing heaven, we're releasing that knowledge. We've come together to bring heaven to earth. So I wanna circle uh, back around just a, a few minutes before we go to break. Wanna circle back around to Jesse. Jesse, tell us how your financial institution um, just start with the basic level, fund, helps people fund their real estate transactions. You're, you're on mute, Jesse. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna keep it off, 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 how about that? So, so generally when it comes to real estate transactions, we, we have a, a, a specific focus around uh, working with our uh, mid-sized companies and our small small companies specifically uh, related to their owner-occupied commercial real estate needs. So if you're a manufacturing company and you have, you've got a warehouse facility with tons and tons of equipment, produce your merchandise, we, we have a, an interest in, 
in financing those types of projects. And generally speaking, when we look at that, you know, of course, the first the first component of that is, you know, the where the real estate is is located, um, really working to assess what the value of that real estate is, um, and then looking at kind of the funding stack, right? And when I when I when I when I when I mention funding stack, I'm specifically talking about how much equity do you as a business owner have in that have to bring to the transaction? Because generally speaking, conventional financial institutions are not going to finance 100% of your acquisition of a particular Generally, they're going to they're going to require uh, their customers to bring to the table anywhere from you know 25 to 35% equity in the transaction. What I mean by equity is cash. You've got to, you, and, and sometimes equity can be in the form of other assets, but let's just use cash for, some, for, for this example today. You're going to have to come to the transaction with cash because the bank is generally going to look to provide financing if that specific asset appraises, right, uh, with, uh, up to a loan to value of probably 65 to 70% is where, where banks are traditionally comfortable in terms of adding leverage to a company's balance sheet, okay? So, okay. Um, hey, Jesse, let's let the people digest what you just said. Okay. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pray in, and then we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back to you for okay. you to further explain that. Okay, Chris, would you lead us? Okay. Heavenly Father, we first and foremost, thank you for letting me allowed to see another glorious day to God. And like Ross said, let thy kingdom come, be done like it is here in heaven as it is on earth, God. And we just ask you to guide us on a day-to-day -day basis and guide our paths to uplift you and glorify your name, to do your will, and to help people understand what their divine intervention is with their lives through your son, Jesus Christ. These are the blessings we ask in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And now we'll hear from one of our co-sponsors, Superior Abstract and Title. We'll be right back. Superior Abstract and Title is not your typical title company. We make our clients feel number one by answering every call and working around the client's schedule. We will close the customer at any location they choose with no cost added for this service. In addition, we are a 100% woman-owned business. Contact Superior today at 214-705-1310 or superiorabstract.com. And I want to give a shout out to Superior Air HVAC Company. It's a residential commercial AC installation, maintenance, service, and repair company. They do a phenomenal job. And the owner is Walter Pickney. And actually, he came by my office yesterday to service my commercial, and he does my home as well. And his number is 469-636-0945. That's Superior Air and Walter Pickney. And I've got a great sponsor, Brian Jennings. He's the president of Next Generation Payroll. If you're a small business or startup and you need some information, hey, they provide payroll services, marketing consulting, HR consulting. And you know what? They're located right here in Dallas. They can be reached at 214-396-2200 or reach out to Brian at ngpayroll.com. Awesome. And if you're just joining us again, we're building wealth together back to the basics. We have a couple of great speakers today, Mr. Jesse Jackson and Farrell Fellows, and we are talking about funding real estate investments. If you want to reach us here at the station, dial 972-996-3970. That's 972-996-3970. Hop on over to Facebook if you want to engage with us. Ask us questions there. That page is Building Wealth Together Radio. Building Wealth Together Radio. So, Jesse, punning it back yes. to you, you were eloquently talking, talking about that uh, capital stack. And I don't think a, a lot of people really realize what that stack consists of. Sure. So it sounded like um, they needed to at least have 30 to 35 percent of their own skin in the game is that what you were saying i think that's an that's an important point to bring back up because i think oftentimes we enter these transactions um 
you know, having not thought through what, what their skin in actually is. Um, and in our, in our world, when you look at, you know, uh, putting on senior debt onto a deal or, or financing the purchase of a building, you know, the first thing that we're going to look at is the actual skin in the game that the actual borrower has. Number one. Number two, you know, we really want to dig a little deeper into how much additional guarantor support can this particular borrower bring to the table if the transaction gets in trouble. I think we don't, I think we don't, we don't think out on the curve enough around, you know, okay, so if this, if this deal does, you know, if it's, if we're facing some challenges like we are today during the COVID, during COVID-19, a lot of businesses that have real estate transactions on the book are starting to have some challenges. And so now they're having to think about that secondary and tertiary source of repayment for that loan. Okay. And so that's the reason why banks are so concerned on the front end, how much skin do you have in the game, what the guarantor support looks like. And if we get into some trouble or see a downturn in the economy, what, 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 what's our secondary and tertiary way to, to get get the debt service paid, right? Jesse, I have a quick question for you in regards to that secondary and tertiary way of getting that money. Do you guys help them to find ways to do that or do you make suggestions? Of how do you, what do you do in those particular situations? Well, generally during the underwriting process, we'll do a lot of work, you know, to understand the underlying operating business that's generating the cash flow that's ultimately going to pay back the loan, right? Mm -hmm. So so the cash flow from that from those business activities are always going to be the primary source of Secondary source of repayment is generally looking at that guarantor, looking at their personal wherewithal, you know, to suggest that if this deal goes bad, can you write a check to right size the transaction? And then that tertiary or third type of repayment is liquidation of the asset itself. Mm -hmm. The equipment, the building, everything, you know, involved in the transaction to ultimately pay that debt service back. So, that's worst, worst, that's worst, worst case scenario, as you can imagine. But those primary and secondary sources of repayment are critical to even getting the conversation started. At the okay. Yeah. So, 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 one other thing that I wanted to mention, sorry, um, is, is, you know, as, as you think about, you know, equity, also think about, you know, kind of what the interest rate environment looks like and really how you want to structure a deal with respect to you know, the repayment you know, the amount that you repay every month, mm -hmm. uh, of that particular credit, and really how that how that impacts the cash flow of the business or your personal cash flow if you're doing this as an individual and, and buying some, some type of speculative real estate. Um, you really have to be mindful of that kind of thing when, you, you know, at the front end, again, before you even go down the road of, of, of attempting to, to acquire a piece of property. Awesome. Wow, this is valuable information. Uh, Ms. Farrell, so talk to us about uh, some of the funding opportunities um, and how you've uh, been a part of creative, creatively helping people finance their real estate transactions. Absolutely. Um, some of the things that Jesse mentioned are uh, for many young professionals or those who are uh, new to investing, I would call them barriers to entry. Um, they, they have a great idea, they have a passion to invest, but they do not have their ducks in a row to be able to cross through the doors to be able to get the financing that they need to buy the building or start the business, whatever their vision is. And what I like about this team here is that it's representative of almost every piece of the puzzle that you need to be able to get through that barrier of entry. Uh, some of the things that Jesse mentioned were you know, you've got to have the credit needed to be able to qualify for the loan. Um, you have to have a pro forma and a business plan. So you need someone with the financial background to help take your idea and put it on paper in a um, quantitative way that makes sense for financial institution to trust you with their funding. Um, you have to understand real estate and how it will perform and and how it will be able to pay back the mortgage. And these are all things that um, the resources are available to you here on this team. And there are other people probably in your network that you can find that can help you put those pieces of the puzzle together. But the one piece of the puzzle that's most difficult for people is the cash. 
where do I come up with the down payment? How do I find the equity to be able to put that right. uh, 20 to 35% down? Right, right, that, is, that part. That I've struggled with personally um, as a hopeful investor and developer. And so I have successfully been able to teach new investors how to find a network of people within their own community to create partnerships for investing. So the number one thing you need is trust and unity. Um, you have to kind of take your vision from a singular, like this is my idea that I, I wanna own everything to, you know, who's a partner that, that shares a similar passion that can move forward in this vision with me. Sometimes those people can be silent partners or investors who are already successful in their career and are just looking for a great opportunity to invest in. It may be friends or family or someone, a uh, business colleague who can go in on a deal with you and pool capital to be able to come up with the equity needed. Uh, Jesse may be able to speak a little bit more about um, how partnerships impact financing, but I have one example of two young ladies who attended a Bible study with me. And in my Bible study, we started talking about investing in real estate. And those two young ladies decided to become partners and buy their first property that would become a rental property. And they took their joint knowledge. One was a tax professional, the other was an architect. And they were able over the course of about two years to acquire three properties that they renovated and rented out. And now they have a portfolio of properties um, where they're moving on to development. And that's just one example wow. of yeah. how to get over the initial hurdles of lack of cash to be able to get into the bank's doors. Sometimes you have to find like-minded people to unify with, and you have yeah. to reach out to your network to be able to get the pieces of the puzzle together so that you can cross those barriers. I have a question for both, you, you, yeah. with both of you guys, if y'all can answer it. I'm sorry, I had a question for both of you guys. Can you use, utilize grants in order to do investments? or is that something we can do? I, I think, um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a really important question because there are, there, there are uh, available grant funds to help, you know, fund real estate investments specifically, but generally that's tied to a specific area of the city maybe that, um, that really, really needs that additional kind of subsidy, that, that additional support to attract investors so, to that specific part of the so city. So Jesse, would that grant being awarded to whatever entity, is that considered part of the stack? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and when, I, when I use the term capital stack, and again, that's just, that's just kind of my term, when I think about all the pieces to the funding and Farrell's comment about, you know, friends and family, and you know, oftentimes a lot of our small business clients and keep in mind, these small business clients become large, mid-sized businesses, you know, over time. And so, we really, we really like to partner with them when they're when they're in the startup phase as well. Um, but you know, they generally have utilized their four hundred one ks or other types of retirement assets. They've gone to their closest friends and suggested to them that, hey, I put this business plan together. I've got a solid roadmap to success. I've been thoughtful around. The, the performer of this business over the next three to five years. And I really think I have something special here. Would you partner up with me? You know, 90% of the, of the startup businesses that we see, that's exactly how they go about starting to build that funding stack. Because generally speaking, outside of SBA type lending programs, most of those businesses have to have a pretty sustainable track record of financial performance over a two to three year period of time before a bank would really, really consider, um, you know, a conventional form of financing, right? And so, so, the, so, so the grant, the grant piece to that, of course, Roz, is is uh, is important because grants can fill some of those gaps. You may have some funding, you may have private equity dollars flowing into the deal, you may have friends and family that are willing to contribute, and you still may have a a gap. And if you can get creative and find grant funds to kind of fill that gap, I mean, I think that's genius. And, so and let's, let's dispel the myth or attest to the truth here. About these no money down uh, <laughs> investments, does that exist? Not in my world, but, you know, 
I, I, I live by the philosophy that if it's if it sounds too good to be true, it's probably too good. It to be is, true. Right. <laughs> probably. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I've got a I've got a, a daughter that's you know a millennial daughter that's in her mm -hmm. early twenties, and she and she approaches me all the time with the, you know, just you know crazy, you know, ideas around, you know, being, you know, because she's a young entrepreneur herself. And she says, well, dad, I can do this with no money down, or I can get in, into this without having to have any upfront, you know, uh, working capital. And, it, and, and my, my suggestion to her is always, you know, the devil's in the details, make sure you truly understand what it is you're doing, because generally speaking, there's no free lunch, nothing's for free. I get it. So, Farrell, so, I have a question for you. So, I'd like to sum up what you said. So the asking advantage is awesome. To just ask, to formulate partnerships and just ask. So what do you feel if someone really wanted to go to their friends, their families or others with like minds, what are some of the things that people are looking for? How should you vet that person? What is it that you're looking for to say, I'm willing to partner with them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for one, you, you need to take your idea out of your head and put it on paper in a well thought out um, way that seems like you have you understand the beginning, the middle and the end and you have multiple contingency plans for how you will um, operate your, your business or operate your uh, real estate investment that it, so, so that it will be successful. Um, you also have to be personally credible. So your friends and family know that if you borrow $50 and didn't pay it back, then it's highly unlikely that they'll draw out of their 401k to help you. You mean we can't go get uh, 15,000? <laughs> we no. pay that 50 back? Okay, I get you. No, no. If you, it, you know, that's why it's super important when you, when you reach out to your network that you are actually honoring the agreements that you made. If you had someone co-sign for a car, there's absolutely no reason why you should ever miss a payment or not be communicating with the person that extended their credit on your behalf. Because exactly. trust and unity is necessary to sometimes, most times, get from one level to the next. Personal credibility and having a solid plan, that's my answer. Awesome. I, I think I've got, I've got one other thought to that. I think, it's, I think it's so important that we, that we recognize how important the credit piece is to this. Because your, your credit again, ties directly to your credibility. And whether you owe a family member or you've borrowed a small loan from a, you know, from a, from a, from a small community bank or whatever the case may be, repayment and building a, a sustainable track record of, of repaying, you know, uh, money that you borrow is so important in this process. Um, you know, and I know, I understand in some of our communities, um, you know, we have more untraditional credit sources, um, you know, and so we're working hard, you know, in the banking space to find ways to give those individuals who may not have credit depth, you know, an opportunity to use the fact that they paid their rent on time for the past 15 years. They pay mm -hmm. their utility bills on time over the past few years to try to work with the, with the credit agencies and the bank regulators to give individuals and certain communities credit for those things. But at the end of the day, the foundational principles of that are the same. If you borrow money, pay it back, build that credibility, build that 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 history, because it's going to create opportunities for you to do more down the line if you need to yeah. if you actually need to borrow money again. So uh, I'd like to ask Farrell, um, how do you feel about hard money loans and lending? But first of all, explain it. Some people might not know what that means, so explain it at first. Farrell, can you explain hard money lending? Yes, a hard money loan it would be considered private lending uh, from a bank that doesn't necessarily have to follow uh, federal guidelines for lending. Uh, they can be discriminatory or choiceful in who they lend to based on uh, the, the, the location of the project, the credibility of the borrower, uh, or whatever other rules or guidelines that they set. They typically have easier uh, access to funding at a higher cost. So uh, they charge interest points up front, um, but would probably allow, um, under the terms or structure of the purchase, 
you to borrow the purchase price plus the cost of renovations in one package loan um, with you putting little to no money down, but paying fees on the loan. I, I have a question. It could be both of you, Farrell, Mr. Jesse. Do you feel that um, going to maybe a minority-owned bank, or then rather than our maybe our traditional, our other what we call traditional bank, may be a better choice uh, for, let's say, our first-time investors or those investors who are just getting off to that investment journey? Do you, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Do you have a, a point or thought on that? I've, I've of course, I, I, you know, I certainly would recommend that we rally around and support uh, our minority banks, specifically African-American uh, chartered banks. Um, you know, if, if I understand your question, you know, is, is, is the question, should we be using our minority banks or do we have a better opportunity of getting, getting access to credit at a minority bank? I think both. Uh, both. Okay. I think okay. it's around two questions. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. I, I think there are some benefits to if you're if you're in that community, and um and you and you want to borrow money from a bank that's in your community, uh, and you've got a, a solid plan, you've done all that other work that we've talked about on this on this platform today, and you go into that institution and you're pretty confident that you're a good credit risk. Um, I would suggest that you probably have a higher likelihood of getting approval from that bank that's in that market than if you were to take that opportunity to a large, larger money center bank like a Wells or a B of A or something like that, or even another community bank that's not directly in that in that market, that that's not as familiar with that particular you know area of the city. So I, I do think that there's some advantages to that, and it also, to my other point, it. it it allows the bank to then invest because banks are investors in these projects as well. You have to realize mm -hmm. that um, the bank feels more comfortable investing in that particular project in the community. It also helps to create jobs and create mm -hmm. sustainable businesses, create a sustainable tax base. So they want to invest in those projects, right? And right. so but again, take care of your business on the front end. If you have access to a minority bank in your local community, I would recommend you certainly partner with. Okay, great. What are some, what are some of the uh, scores that you're seeing of individuals that are coming in and being successful? And, you know, what is that threshold if somebody right now is listening and they're thinking, well, let me get my information and take it in and, and apply, what should they be thinking about in relationship to their credit? Where should they be? Errol, you may be able to take that one a little better than me. Because <laughs> and and I'll, I'll shoot you guys straight because a lot, a lot of these business owners that, you know, that have built significant wealth and have have been successful at acquiring assets and building these unbelievable companies, their credit is not always good. <laughs> you know, when you, when, you, when you look at their credit scores, I mean, they're literally, you know, in the high fives, low, you know, low to mid sixes in terms of credit score, but because they built liquidity on their balance sheet and they have access to cash and different things like that, they can have access to things that they need. Um, so I, I'm probably not the best to speak to that just because I don't, I don't work with consumers as much. But Farrell, you, you do. I mean, is it, is it 650 to 750? I'll say two quick things. I have a very successful uh, real estate investor who owns about 90 properties and they they told me personally they've never had a credit score over a 600. Yeah. Oh, wow. So uh, that should limit any mental barriers people have about what they can and cannot do. However, if you walk into a traditional bank to get a conventional loan, your credit score requirements will be set by, by each individual bank. So if one bank tells you no, go find another one. Um, I would I would encourage you that regardless of what your score says, your credit profile is most important. So there should be a history of use of credit, um, paying bills back on time. Um, most times, if you've had something major like a bankruptcy that has been, uh, you you've had that judgment removed, um, you've dealt with the issues of your past, and you show consistent history. Banks will work with you, or they'll help explain the guidelines that to help you get to where you want to go. 
Um, so I would definitely advise you to work with credit repair to get your score at least to a 640 at least um, and to make sure that you're showing consistent credit history in a positive way. Is that also good car credit? <laughs> good car credit. Oh, they'll take you. They'll take you with a four take you on a car. With a twenty-one percent interest. Lord, right. Now that's the key. The interest rate. Yes. <laughs> so one question, and we're going to uh, go to break. So, Farrell, what are you seeing in terms of people who want to start investing in single-family residences? How much money uh, do they have to have down? Well, that's a great question. Most people don't realize that when you buy your first home, even if it's your primary residence, you have just made your first investment in real estate. Yeah, Young professionals who are qualified, great credit income, and simply wait to buy a home because they're not ready to settle down. And they're missing their huge opportunity to build equity as a young professional, even if they don't live in the house. Um, so I would encourage people to make your first investment your primary residence. I have lenders right now that will help you buy a single family home uh, up to $550,000 with no money down. Yes. And I heard what Jesse said about his daughter. Well, you can't use some things. If it's no money down, it's too good to be true. Yeah, it really helped probably 15 people this year buy a house with no money down. Um, I, I'm able to negotiate their closing costs sometimes to be paid by the seller. I have one example of a young single woman who bought a four bedroom home and she came to closing getting a $800 refund. So uh, the, buy a home and yeah. then once you buy a home, convert, convert that home into a rental property and buy another home. I have another young lady at the age of 25 who bought two to three properties before the age of 25 simply oh, wow. by buying a home every year. Yeah. Um, and she was earning less than 30000 a year in income. So I've seen people do it. There's no excuse. And, and your credit score at that level can be a 600 or greater. Okay. Hey, y'all, let's go to a break real quick and hear from our co-sponsors and we'll come right back to our conversation. Direct and Title is not your typical title company. We make our clients feel number one by answering every call and working around the client's schedule. We will close the customer at any location they choose with no cost added for this service. In addition, we are a 100% woman-owned business. Contact Superior today at 214-705-1310 or superiorabstract.com. Well, hey, listeners, if you're just tuning in, welcome to Building Wealth Together, Back to the Basics. Hey, we're going to be um, mentioning Brian Jennings. He is the president of Next Generation Payroll. They provide payroll services, marketing consulting, HR consulting, and they're located in Dallas. Brian and his team could be reached at 214-396-2200 or at ngpayroll.com. If you're a small business or a startup, reach out to Brian Jennings today. And guys, I want, I want to talk about Superior Air. Superior is a superior HVAC company. They specialize in AC installation maintenance and service and repair. And their number is 469-636-0945 and they service the whole DFW Metroplex. Awesome, hey, if you're just tuning in, you have reached Building Wealth Together, Back to the Basics. Woo, I just made up a word, y'all. It's getting gooder and gooder and gooder. Talk about these phenomenal speakers and all of the wealth that they are uh, sharing and releasing. They're releasing heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, indeed. Shame on us if we do not do anything with this information. That's what I'm talking you, Yes, <laughs> shame on us. Shame, shame on us. Want to take hey, us? Can, yeah. I, can, I make, can I make one, one additional thought, one additional comment? Go ahead. Farrell's last comment. About, about single family home ownership. Um, I just wanted to share a personal story, if that's okay. Um, sure, let's, know, let's, give, let's give our listeners an opportunity to call in. Um, okay. 972-996-3970. 
Again, that's 972-996-3970. Y'all call in if you have any questions to ask our panel speakers. Go ahead, Jesse. So, so I, I just wanted to share, you know, the fact that, you know, that, you, you know, my credit score has, has not always been what it is today, even though I've been in banking as long as I have. Um, I had to learn some hard lessons, but I, I was able to buy my first home and which, which, which you know, which ultimately required me to put very little money down. Um, I didn't have the strongest credit. I think I had to do an FHA loan and Farrell, you may share with the, with the listeners what, what that means exactly, but I was able to put less money down versus a conventional loan. And I, and I ultimately ended up converting that particular property to a rental property. So I had a person lease that property from me for over seven years. She ultimately ended up purchasing the property so we built all that equity for seven years in that property. She ended up buying that property from me. And I ended up not only recouping my original investment, but, but being able to share in that equity appreciation over that seven year period of time. So to, to Farrell's point, you know, always be thinking about your first opportunity to invest in a single family real estate, because that you, you, you are, again, investing in real estate at that point. That's I got a question for both of you guys. If either one of you can answer, both of you can answer it. When it comes to commercial real estate, do you ever require companies or individuals or people doing those type of things to have bonds? Some, you know, sometimes there, you know, you can do bond issues to help finance certain types of municipal properties generally. So, so it's commercial real estate, but it's generally tied to some type of municipality. Um, okay. That's just that's just been my my experience. Um, it's it's rare unless you are a very very large company that you're going to issue bonds to help you know with any growth initiatives around expansion, needing larger facilities, um, to act, acquire other other. Farrell, what, what, what is your experience been with that, Farrell? Have you had any issues or situations where you had to use bonds for anything that you're doing? No, I haven't. Okay. Okay. Want to take a break? We have a question from Facebook. Uh, Britton Boyd asks, uh, "What would be your suggestion or directions uh, to an individual wanting to start their journey in investments?" So, if you want to take that and just kind of recap real quickly. Yes, the simplest way, in my opinion, if you don't already own a home, would be to purchase a home. Um, you would need to have a minimum credit score for FHA loan. It, it's it's marketed at 580 and for conventional loan at 600. So my, my strategy for you would be to purchase a home, live in it for one year, whatever the lender requirement is, and then convert that to a, a income generating rental property. And you can use utilize those same programs to buy your next home that you can live in and continue that pattern um, until you're tired of moving. Uh, and if you want to go into some other sort of uh, business space, retail, uh, multifamily, then you might want to execute a strategy of finding a partner that can help pull capital to come up with the down payment needed as equity. Awesome. What, uh, what is the answer, Jesse, if someone is getting into commercial real estate and uh, want to invest? What do you recommend? You know, I mean, a, a, lot, of the, a lot of the things that Farrell mentioned apply whether you're doing in individually or as a business. I mean, I, I would take it a step further to really, really suggest that, you know, that you really master the idea of saving and budgeting, right? You know, as, as you start thinking about, um, you know, going into these transactions, having spent a lot of time building up cash reserves, because oftentimes, you know, the front end of this thing, you're going to have to fund a lot of that out of your own pocket. Um, and then also being, you know, being mindful that you need to go into these transactions, having work to reduce your personal debt load so that you don't have uh, as many obligations on a monthly basis. And then making sure that you have become, you know, masterful at, at budgeting and making sure that you are mindful of your spending at all times because, you know, because budgeting really kind of ties to the ability for you to save and build those cash reserves and, and reduce, and reduce any debt that you have today. So, so the same basic philosophies apply, 
but I just wanted to add too that you got you got to do a lot of that work on the front end, you know, and, and get really really good at that. Okay, I know we've talked about a lot of success stories, and I will keep saying this because it's my story. I can't really talk about how successful I am becoming unless I can share about the pitfalls, and because. Success is not always just uh, a bow and arrow. Um, it's a jagged edge, like a lightning bolt. And we have our ups, we have our downs. Can you both share um, what people should not do? Like, have you seen any pitfalls um, that you know people who want to invest should get around deliberately? I mean, do you have any real life stories without naming anybody? You know, I, I would I would probably suggest you know things that you shouldn't do. Um, you you never should misrepresent, you know, what it is you're you know who you are, what your business, you know, philosophy is, and um, you know don't don't misrepresent that to your investors. Don't misrepresent that to banks. You know, again, spend the time building the right type of foundation so you can go into oh, these discussions. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Just be, disclosure. Be, full disclosure, right? Right. right. Yeah. Full, full, full disclosure. So, so don't misrepresent any of those things. And you know, and and again, you know, don't. Um, you, sh you should. You should never, uh, at any time, you know, uh, you know, take the cash reserves and other things that you've built that I've talked about and go and 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 make other investments that are misaligned with your investment strategy on this specific pro pro project without first praying about it, <laughs> doing some soul searching, talking to your other investors. And if you do have bank financing, talk to your bank about it. If you pivot away from your specific strategy that they financed, that could be a big problem for you. I'm gonna chime in real quick too. Listen to your professionals because I, being in insurance, I work with all these people, whether it be like Rhonda Mortgage, uh, rise and you know real estate Melanie and you know doing the credit and I know I had a couple of situations this week where people didn't listen to those people doing what they told them to do they said they always say don't buy anything don't purchase anything and then I had these people calling me up saying hey we tell you to try to restructure the insurance because they did x y and z so the pitfall is listen to the professionals when they tell you to do something make sure that you do it did you have any examples uh, I would say just do your research and really understand what it is that you want to do uh, because knowledge, they say, is power. Mm -hmm. um, and without knowledge, the people perish. Uh, so, you know, really seek God and pray and get understanding and he'll lead you to the, the research and the wisdom and the, and the resources and the people that can educate you on what you want to do without you just jumping out there with a hope and a dream and nothing to fall back on. They like said faith over foolishness. <laughs> faith over foolishness, right? Faith over fear. Yes, yes, yes. Well, this has definitely been a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Um, Facebook is just blowing up with comments about how great this insight is. And, you know, this is great information. And again, we appreciate what you guys have shared. It's been invaluable. You know, but knowledge is just knowledge until we do something with it. So I pray that every listener has an action plan behind this and uh, that you, you know, charge your heart, put a demand upon your heart to do something. I know I am. I just am not here spilling out and, and giving out and giving. God has a promise. He has an inheritance. He has destiny for us. And I don't know if y'all can see on Facebook behind me. And for those who are listening, I have this beautiful picture that is a landing that goes out to the sea and a mural that says, I believe in miracles. And I want to tell each and every one of you, you are the miracle. You are the miracle. God wants to release you. He wants to release the miracle that's inside of you. Remember we said today, thy kingdom come. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to make a round robin. We'll start with our BWT team. 
Um, actually, we'll start with our panel speakers, starting with you, Jesse. If people want to reach you, please give your contact information, and then Farrell, you can give yours, and then we'll do our round robin. Absolutely. Feel free to give me a, give me a, a call directly. My mobile number is 214-918-0409, and I can be reached via email at jessejackson, J-E-S-S-E-J-A-C-K-S-O-N-1-3 at gmail.com. I can be reached. I'm Farrell Fellows. I'll spell that. That's F-E-R-R-E-L-L, Farrell Fellows. I can be reached on Facebook or Instagram at Fifi Fellows. That's F-E-F-E -F -E Fellows. I can be reached by email at info at kingdomlegacycompany.com. And I'll give out my business line, which is 214-937-9526. Awesome. So the person, uh, Ms. Patrick Payne, I uh, pray that you got their contact information and you can ask that question. Uh, what advice do you give for the self-employed? What advice do you give for the self-employed? So I hope you got it down their numbers. And um, if each of you, uh, Jesse and Farrell, would go to our uh, Building Wealth Together page and engage with the people there and answer their questions as well, we greatly would appreciate that. And thank you so much, KHV and family, for giving us just a couple of more minutes. Uh, we started a little late, so y'all don't log off just yet. We're going to give you some information. So I'm Roz B. Ask Roz B., Principal Broker, CEO of Arbrook Realty, where we birth dreams and build legacies. And we're doing it. We're doing it, y'all. Uh, Rhonda and I are proud to uh, have a constituent that a listener that believed in her dream and her now was now and she's now got the keys to her house and she did too uh, Farrell have that story she didn't come to the table with a dime it was zero on that closing statement so it is happening there's no dream left behind when we wake up and do something about it y'all so you can reach me at 972-679-9311. Again, that's 972-679-9311. Melanie? Yes, Melanie Williams. They call me Melanie Michelle on this radio show. And there is no excuse to get your credit profile together. There's no excuse to take a look at your current situation and lock arms with with us and people in your community to build wealth through credit education, credit restoration, real estate, insurance, uh, mortgage lending. We're just excited to be on this platform. Uh, you can reach me for any credit question. You can reach me at 469-403-8394 and that's 469-403-8394. Looking forward to hearing from you. Okay. Okay, before I before I give my round table, I think Farrah, did you have one more thing that you wanted to say? Oh, I did, but go ahead and no, go ahead. Time. Go ahead. You can have my round table. We have a few extra minutes. Actually, yeah, we got a, a two minutes. Okay. Well, I just wanted to just inform the listeners that we are in a season of the wealth transfer. And be very mindful of the words that you speak and the words that you hear that mm -hmm. will tell you the opposite. You will hear things about the economy going into a depression and, and jobs, uh, people losing jobs, but be very careful of the things that you speak and that you, that you take in and hear and believe because what God is speaking is that for his children, we will thrive in this season. That's and right. actually a strategy to transfer wealth. Yes. So I would advise everyone to read Genesis 47 about the strategies that God gave Joseph to run an economy in the midst of a famine and how he used that famine or allowed that famine to transfer the wealth to his people. You better um, preach, you better preach, girl. I just want to encourage All everyone right. as we go to the end of this year, don't believe what you see. See God and hear him and get the strategies for investing and position yourself because land will become very cheap. Yes. Position to buy and to build in this next season. Amen. Chris, provide your information because I'm about to run off of this show. Well, I'm Chris Zimba with the Zig Legacy Allstate and I can be reached at 214-870-4269. 
you can call me or text me at that number, or you can reach me on, on Facebook as well. Roz, you're on, you're on mute. You're on mute, Ms. Roz. You're mute. Okay, that's all we have time for today, y'all. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining KHVN's Building Wealth Together. We'll see you next week where we'll be talking to, yes, Ms. June Jenkins, the Collin County NAACP, and Mr. Murphy Cheatham. They will be talking about legacy wealth building as it pertains to the history and how we can overcome some obstacles. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Building Wealth Together. Thank you, guys. Be sure to follow this program on Facebook and Instagram. And for more information, call 469-795-1708. Tune in every first, second, third, and fourth Saturday for Building Wealth Together on Heaven 97 KHVN. Here's the deal. I want you.